Hello, welcome back to the Matt Pfeiffer Experience. I am your host, Matthew Pfeiffer, and today I am with a, a dear friend of mine, Annie, and she is out of Colorado, and she works with people and creates content centered around multi-passionate individuals. Cannot wait for you to hear her depth of knowledge and, and her depth of experience on working with multi-passionate individuals. You may not even realize that you're a multi-passionate individual because a lot, oftentimes people are oftentimes very confused about it and how do we how do we use this to our benefit rather than to our detriment? Can't wait to get this show started and introduce Annie to you. With all that being said, let's go ahead and get this show started. So thank you guys for joining the Matt Pfeiffer Experience. I'm going to introduce to you guys my guest. Her name is Annie, and she is all over TikTok, and she's all over Instagram and every other place. And Annie is a multi-passionate coach. She helps people to reimagine how to approach your career, whether that whether that might be a corporate career or a uh, or maybe you are a content creator or an entrepreneur. Sure, her mission is to help multi multi passionate individuals who feel underrepresented in our specialized world immerse immerse themselves into soul filling work and create significant meaningful impacts. She is an unconventional, introspective, and creative visionary with a deep well of consulting and career expertise. She has a vast palette of experience across multi-disciplines, which doesn't surprise us at all because she works with multi-passionate individuals. She is a human-centered. She has a human-centered approach to her success. With all that being said, thank you very much, Annie, for joining us. And so I'm going to kick it over to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how, how did you get into this? Oh my goodness. I'm excited to have this conversation. So you pretty much covered all the bases already, but I just I read am... your bio. You're the one that covered all the bases. <laughs> you're yeah, you're mm -hmm. absolutely right. <laughs> Yes, I'm Annie Petchy. I am a career and fulfillment coach for multi-passionate individuals. And, you know, I, I landed here in a very interesting way, as many multi-passionate individuals do. So, and I'm using the word landed in kind of a loaded way, and we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. So, I was a corporate consultant for 13 years, and I have a very eclectic palette of experience. When I was in the corporate world, I used to consider myself, and I would call myself free roaming, because I, even though I had, you know, a specific role and a specific scope of responsibilities, I could not stay within that role. I could not be contained. I was all over the place, spreading my energy in a million different directions, sticking my nose in projects. It probably didn't belong, <laughs> but I was constantly raising my hand and I, you know, worked in a lot of different areas in contracting and negotiation, in uh, future of work, in strategy and innovation. I did a lot of work in culture and employee experience. And when I was in the corporate world, you know, I was really proud of the work that I was doing. I was creating a lot of success for myself. I was working directly with a lot of top C-suite leaders and senior level leaders. And I came to a place, a kind of a tipping point in my career, which many multi-passionates get to, and we'll probably get into that a little bit mm -hmm. later. But I got to this tipping point where I realized I am just spread 
way too thin. My energy just can't contain all of these different or can't maintain all of these different directions that I'm going in. So I had to really press pause with myself and look at there has to be a connective thread here across yeah. everything I'm doing and all the different directions I'm going in. And I want to find that connective thread because I know that when I do, I can create exponential success and I can create the massive amounts of impact that I know that I'm capable of. So ultimately, that set me on a mission of, you know, finding my why, finding my North Star, really identifying my unique genius, my unique differentiators that I know this is the essence of me and this is what differentiates me from anyone in any room that I walk into. And by really, you know, identifying those key components of who I am and how I am, that helped me identify an umbrella path, which we'll probably get to, an umbrella, you know, career path for myself, which I found in coaching. And when I talk about an umbrella path, I'm talking, I can infuse all of my varying interests and experience and expertise into everything I do every single day. So I never feel like pieces and parts of myself or are left waiting in the wings. So that's kind of my journey, you know, on how I, I really started to harness my multi-passionate energy and how I ultimately left the corporate world and with a vision that I really believe in that will inevitably unfurl into new things and new opportunities and i will exemplify a multitude of purpose yeah. in my life <laughs> i i uh when i first came across your content one of the things i said to myself was that i wish that i met you you know 10 15 years ago and you probably hear that a lot i'm assuming and one of the reasons why is because i, I i'm definitely a multi-passionate individual i've you know multiple different businesses multiple different streams of income more to come and it took a long time for me to accept that that was just a part of who I was and to your point just like you I struggled in the corporate world I, str I struggled all through school and it wasn't because I wasn't applying myself it wasn't because I wasn't ambitious or anything like that but uh, like a lot of my exes would probably tell you they said that Matt you're too ambitious like you always want to do something you're always in and to your point I started to notice that I was spreading myself t too thin can you talk a little bit more? One of the things I talk to a lot of coaches about is that a lot of us learned a lot of the things that we teach the hard way. We, we went to the school of, of hard knocks and, and a lot of people, when they see our content, when they see us on TikTok or Instagram or wherever, they think we have it all together or that we knew we just kind of were, were very gifted with some of the talents that we were given or with the information that we were given, but we got this the hard way. Oftentimes, and, and, and I know for me, even even though I did go to school to become a therapist, a lot of the things that I learned, I learned on the fly, I learned on the go. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit more about your journey and some of the things that, that happened while you were in the corporate world and maybe a little bit of that transition when you went from the corporate world to, to coaching? Mm. Yes. And you're absolutely spot on, you know, and you're really touching on the the core of what it means to be multi-passionate because multi-passionate individuals, you know, oftentimes at face value, we look at that term and we think, oh, it must mean that it's somebody with multiple passions. And really beyond that, that's just scratching the surface of what it means to be multi-passionate. What it really means is that you live passionately. Mm -hmm. You 
are just excited about the human experience. You want to learn it all. You want to experience it all. You want to do it all. So that's what ultimately leads us to taking on too much and being at times more ambitious than what we can chew or biting off more than we Mm -hmm. can chew because we do have just that abundance of creative energy that flows out of us and we are insatiably curious we draw inspiration from every corner of our lives so you know when i was in the corporate world and i was taking on all of these different experiences it was it was really important for me that in everything i do i produce quality output. I'm showing up in an honest way that's true to who I am. So, you know, I I always led in my corporate experience and now with very clear values and that kind of served since I didn't have a, a North Star or a why of my own at the time, those values really kind of served as my beacons. And so I would just really Can you can you talk oh. uh, you, you mean, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to catch you off. Um but you mentioned North Star a couple of different times. What, what yeah. exactly? What exactly does that does that mean in terms of North Star? In terms of like having a beacon? And and, and sorry if that interrupted you or, or cut you off. But uh, if you can kind of incorporate that into into some of the things that you're talking about as well. Yeah, absolutely. So when I talk about your why or your North Star, what I'm talking about is what is the intersection of your amalgamation of skills and experience and expertise and your values and what really matters to you. And then when you pair it with all of those things with what is the impact that I want to create in this world, in this lifetime, whether that's on a global scale or whether you're creating, you know, a personal touch ripple effect. So we take a look at, you know, it, it what it all really does boil down to is the impact is how do i want to lead forward in this world and your why is not necessarily connected to a singular discipline or a what and that's why it's so valuable for multi-passionate individuals my personal why a, a distillation of it is to optimize the human experience for myself and others mm-hmm. and i exemplify that in so many different ways so when we understand the impact that we want to create, why, what drives us, then that makes it exponentially easier to identify what are the opportunities I want to take on and how do I actually want to bring this to fruition throughout Mm -hmm. the the duration of my career and my life. Was there ever a point in time where you might have said to yourself that that maybe I'm taking on too much or that you've had to learn how to tell yourself no or is it always just yes and you just accept the fact that you're a multi-passionate individual and that you can that um, that the world is your oyster and you can you can just take everything on if you decide to oh my goodness <laughs> you know <laughs> that this is a perpetual work in progress because we are inclined to say yes to everything that comes right. our way because we want the, the experience we're curious about it we want novelty we want to learn so you know that approach saying yes to everything did serve me well in corporate while i was in what i call the discovery phase of my career so that for mm-hmm. first 13 years 
bring it on. I'm taking yeah. on every opportunity. And that brought me to a, re- a lot of really cool places. And that also helped me understand once I got to that tipping point that I discussed earlier, that helped me, you know, pa- press pause and analyze, okay, I have all of this experience in s- all of these different directions. I have this vast palette. Now I can look at it and analyze what actually does compel me. And when I figured all that out, that then helped me start to set more clear boundaries once I had my my vision. So I created this decision-making framework for myself and that I work with all my clients to create so that you can quickly analyze and assess, does this serve my why right now at this moment in time? If the answer is yes, press go. If the answer is no, we might not throw it out because you know, as multi-passionates, we want to grab onto everything and we want to hold it. So instead of throwing it out and dismissing an idea altogether, we might just understand how do we slot it, you know, on the shelf for later Mm -hmm. and and knowing and understanding when it might come back into play. Let's talk a little bit about the people that you actually work with. You know, I know that like, for example, whenever I put out content, some of the things that resonate with people and, you know, I talk a lot about co-parenting, talk a lot about people breaking trauma bonds and setting boundaries with people who are unhealthy. What are some things that you talk about that people might say like, oh, I didn't even realize I was a co- that I was a multi-passionate individual. You know, when I talk about co-parenting and I talk about the problems there, people, I just thought this was everyday life. I didn't think that this was actually problematic. Do you see that a lot where someone comes to you and uh, I didn't even realize that it was okay to even accept the fact that I was a multi-passionate individual. What, what has that been like in, in terms of your journey and, and what are some typical things that someone might hear from you that might say like, yeah, this actually really resonates with me. Oh, I hear this all the time. And so many individuals in my community and my audience and my clients will come to me and say, I always saw this, my multi-passionate energy, being a generalist, being a jack or human of all trades, mm-hmm. as a curse. Because mm-hmm. the world around me told me that I need to be focused in one area. And then I mm-hmm. really, I'm too flighty, I'm too this, I'm too that, I'm too eccentric, I'm too intense. All of, you know, all of the adjectives. So a lot of people find that my content will offer a little bit of permission to say, well, wait a second, maybe this isn't a curse or a negative attribute. Actually, this might be my superpower, Mm -hmm. the way that I am and the way that I live. And so a lot of people, a lot of ahas or light bulb moments occur when people start to understand that multi-passionate individuals thrive in the space between disciplines, in Mm -hmm. the space between silos. So instead of you know, committing ourselves to cultivating that deep well of expertise that's an inch wide and a mile deep, we can bridge those gaps. We can ask compelling questions. We can use our penchant for learning to reference multiple different disciplines at the same time and kind of synthesize them to say, well, hey, have we considered this solution or have we considered this angle? So in a collaborative atmosphere, People find out, wow, I've, I've been feeling like I 
don't have a voice at the table because I'm not an expert for so long, when in reality, I can be the voice who bridge, bridges gaps in understanding mm-hmm. between people. What are some things, uh, when, you, uh, when we are meeting with our, especially our kids as parents, or we have friends uh, and we start to recognize that they are a multi-passionate individual. I know both my, both mine are both multi-passionate individuals. And one of the things that you touched on is that people typically try to push and try to pressure people into being more of a specialist, um, someone who is more focused and that sort of thing. I've kind of gone in the opposite direction with my kids and I've, I've, I've kind of told them that you can, you're allowed to do multiple different things if you want to. You know, you want to make sure that you, you do get good at a handful of things and you want to make sure that you're able to sustain, you know, a living and that sort of thing. And we, we do want to be practical, but what are some ways that we can be supportive of our multi-passionate children, multi-passionate family members who might, who might be struggling a bit? Mm. I love this question. I have a growing passion for mm-hmm. kids and working with kids and really helping them harness their multi-passionate energy. And I get a lot of parents and a lot of educators who reach out to me thanking me and letting me know that they you know, discuss, discuss this content with their kids because they want to foster that energy. And really, you know, something that I think can be detrimental is at a such a young age. I mean, you if you can probably trace back to your childhood and remember, people when you're six, seven years old are already asking you, yeah. what do you want to be mm-hmm. when you grow up? And giving you, you know, a, a toy might be attached to a career like, oh, you're going to be a right. policeman or you're going to be X, Y, Z. You're going to be a doctor. Here's this. Here's that. So it's seeded at such a young age. And then when we get through adolescence and we start to look at, you know, where do I go from here as I transition into adulthood, all of a sudden we are pushed into this place of, it's time to decide, it's time to hone. And that's not how we've been living for our entire childhood. We've been experimenting, we've been taking general, you know, education curriculum, regardless of how flawed our education system might be, we're still casting a wide net at a young age. We don't need to figure out what what life is like uh, by the time we're 19 years old. Yeah, yeah. So then all of a sudden we're transitioning into adulthood And the expectation is you need to pick a vocation if you're going directly into the workforce. You need to pick a major if you're going to college. And it's a lot of pressure, Mm -hmm. which is completely new to us. And that causes a lot of inner turmoil and a lot of anxiety. And then when we get out of, you know, our chrysalis, whether that's college or we have entered into the workforce, now it's okay. Here's your specialization. You're going to commit yourself to it for the rest of mm-hmm. your career. And that choosing a specialization up front assumes that we don't grow as yeah. humans. We're making a guess about what I think I'm gonna wanna do for the mm-hmm. next 50 years, what I think is gonna satisfy me. So when I think about what I what I tell you know individuals who are younger or who are on the cusp of graduating, my message is you don't have to have it all figured out right now and you really don't have to have it all figured out ever 
I mean, you you know, you want to equip yourself with a vision and an understanding of what you want to be experiencing, but alleviate the pressure from yourself. Allow yourself to experiment and discover who you are, and you discover who you are through lived experiences. So allow yourself to cast. How does someone decide, make that decision that their experimenting is beneficial to them versus? maybe they need to kind of bring it in. Is there is there such thing as mm. being I don't want to say too multi-passionate, but it, but um but is there a point where we're also just not being practical where we're 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 bouncing where now it's not so much multi-passionate, we're now a job hopper or maybe we are actually engaging in self-sabotaging behavior. Is there is there a fine line is there a way to differentiate between the two? Absolutely. There is a tipping point that I felt that all of my multi-passionate clients felt where you understand I've reached a place where I have cultivated a lot of experience thus far and I'm grateful for the success that I have achieved. I'm grateful for the opportunities that I have. However, I am now at a place where my energy does feel like it's spread too thin, like I'm not creating the impact or the level of success that I know that I can create and that I'm Mm -hmm. capable of. And that tipping point really is intuitive. You know, it took me probably about eight to 10 years Mm -hmm. to get there. And then I sat on it for another three years until I, until I really executed in a specific direction. But reaching that tipping point doesn't then mean, okay, now I've reached this tipping point. It's time to find the singular thing. What about um, people who are in your circle, people who your family members who might see this and view this as problematic Maybe it's a significant other. Maybe it's problematic on dating scene or wherever. Or maybe maybe it's problematic. That you're still in a corporate job. Um, how does how does one deal with the internal conflict that people deal with with uh, with the criticism that pe- that multi passionate individuals get, the talking, the gossip. You know, people talk about how you lack focus or uh, you know how how do you deal with that internally? So something that I think is really important when we are attuning to our multi-passionate energy and really Mm -hmm. embracing it and we start equipping ourselves with our North Star, with our unique genius, our why, those things are what gives us clarity and what helps help us really identify a vision Mm -hmm. for ourselves. And they also equip us with more confidence and more self-trust. So once we start to cultivate those, we can start to see or approach, you know, our loved ones or our friends or our peers a little bit more objectively, probably less reactively. And we can really start to see that my my way of being makes other people uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because they can't understand it. And that's not a bad thing. It's neutral. It's just mm-hmm. how it is. So if my multi-passionate energy makes somebody else uncomfortable and they don't understand it, what I'm doing 
by virtue of being me, is challenging their mm-hmm. comfort zone. And as you know, when when your challenge, when your comfort zone is challenged, your your inclination is to start creating yep. red flags and start, you know, searching for reasons why you mm-hmm. shouldn't be doing something. And that's where people start giving us criticism because they're looking at their from their worldview, the specialist worldview. They're looking at you through that lens and thinking you should be doing right. this. You're taking a risk by being mm-hmm. you. You're stepping outside so of their you, comfort you know, zone. That's start- not, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to share that same comfort zone. And just because it didn't work, exactly. and also just because it didn't work out well for you, doesn't mean that for that person doesn't mean that it's not going to work out well for you. And so, a lot of times people will project their own limiting beliefs onto you. You know, just because it didn't work. And I remember Jay Z saying. Just because it didn't work out for you that way doesn't mean it's not going to work out for me. Absolutely. And then I think that's one of the most important things to be able to make peace with as a multi-passionate individual because the overwhelming majority of people do not understand mm-hmm. you. And that's, that's very, okay. They yeah, don't need very to. That's very true. When someone, is, uh, so when someone is dealing with someone who is causing this type of conflict or or um, criticizing them, do you recommend that they set boundaries with that person? Do we need to start creating distance with that person? Because, you know, is it, does that, being around someone that's highly critical like that, do they have the potential of completely sabotaging you or throwing you off, off track completely? Absolutely. And the reason for that is, you know, Multi-passionate individuals who have felt like we don't have much direction mm-hmm. in the past, that inherently feels mm-hmm. vulnerable. So we have a tendency to let others lead, or we have a tendency to just shift over into the passenger seat of yeah. our own career, of our own decisions. And so we are subject to being influenced by other people. So one of the best things we can do is set clear boundaries. And one easy, I think easy easy is probably a strong word, but one accessible boundary that, that you can start to set with the people around you is trust yourself to make decisions and start taking action without having to consult Mm -hmm. everyone around you and be discerning about when you share your plans and your action you know when everybody looked at me sideways when i decided i'm leaving my successful six-figure career i didn't tell anyone until after i had already put in my notice until after i had already mapped out and started executing on my entire strategy and that's not because i didn't love them it's because i needed to trust myself that i could make those decisions and start taking action without incoming i think it's uh, i think when you tell people things is critical and it's key i think you know i I agree with you 100 percent that there's times where you know, I, I had friends and family that I didn't tell a, th- a thing to until I've actually already launched. And then there's actually times after I've already launched or after I've, uh, you know, after, I, I, you know, I was established in terms of being a content creator and being a coach and those sorts of things and, and other multi-passionate situations. Then it actually flipped around the other way 
where I began to actually announce things before I actually, I remember I announced my book before I wrote my first sentence. And I had, I learned Mm. that once I, I got established in certain industries that sometimes announcing it actually helped my multi-passionate ADHD. Well, I really do have ADHD, but it also helped that part of it out to help me help keep me motivated within that multi-passionate, uh, not that multi-passionate niche. And so I would announce certain things. I would announce certain courses that would, that were going to come out and whether some, whether people doubted me or whether people were, were in support of it, it still motivated me. And I was like, why are the announcement announced? So I have to stay focused and I have to, you know, get this done regardless. Have you seen people do, do things like that as well? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, once you, once you are, like you said, more established and the train is moving, you've got the momentum. I also find that announcing things is a very, you know, motivating Mm -hmm. mechanism to dive in and do the work and create, you know, the impact and the product that you know that you have within you. I do that as well. I mean, I I work very well under pressure. I am a natural procrastinator, so it's helpful for me to to nudge myself along. As long as I'm nudging myself along and I'm and I'm aligning with commitments that I that I yeah. know that I want and that align and trace back to yeah. my why statement. Talk to us a little bit more about your your why statement your no your north star i have a feeling there's a lot of people and you've, you've probably worked with a lot of people who might have who might say or may have said i have no idea what my north star is i have no idea what my why is i have no idea and i know that i, I was there at one point in time where i was like I, I just have no like no clue like i just know that i like a lot of stuff and i can see myself doing a lot of a lot of different things uh if someone can't figure that part of it out or hasn't figured out that part of it out. What are some things that they could do to kind of figure out their, their why their North star? Is it the fact that they need to, to book, you know, a session with a coach or are there some things that they need that they can do on their own to try to figure that out? Yeah. So, you know, obviously I'm a big proponent for external support. And the reason I'm a a big proponent for that is because it's really helpful to have someone who can, from an unbiased perspective, who can hear you and see you, see all of you, who you are and help you analyze your lived experience and help catch a lot of what you Mm -hmm. may not see. So what's, what can be really difficult for us when we think about navigating our why or understanding who I am or what I'm capable of, what my skill set are, skill set is we struggle because we're situated at yeah. eye level with ourselves. Like I always think of us as puzzle pieces scattered around a table. And when we're at eye level with our puzzle pieces, it's really hard to see from an objective perspective yeah. who we are, what we bring mm-hmm. to the table. So someone else can is situated at a different vantage point where they can look at us, you know, a little bit differently from a different angle and they can consider who we are uh, differently. But if you're doing it yourself, you know, I talked about this earlier, but as a multi-passionate individual, you have 
such a vast breadth of experience mm -hmm. that is really exciting and really incredible. So start looking at what yeah. you've done. Start looking at your past three to five years and flagging these are the things I've done, even if they didn't register in a formal capacity or they're not something that I would pin on my resume to try to you know, market myself. Look at those things and look at what are the commonalities here? What are the common threads across the moments in time and the things I've achieved personally and professionally that I really right. value? Yeah, absolutely. Annie, I could talk to you all day, every day. This has been absolutely, absolutely amazing. And I, I love what you do. And I love, uh, you know, this, you know, the, the thought process behind multi-passionate individuals. So I appreciate all, not only all of your content, but all the work that you do as well. Um, so, but I want to close things out and give, um, you know, give you an opportunity to get back to all of your multi-passionate individuals, but tell people where they can find you at. If they want to learn more about multi-passionate individual, uh, being, being a multi-passionate individual. If they want to follow your content. Where can they find you at? Yeah, you can find me on TikTok at, at coach underscore Annie Petchy. I'm on Instagram as at Annie Petchy and my website has a lot more information about me, about who I work with, my philosophy, my offerings, and that's www.anniepetchy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Annie Petchy. Thank you very much for joining. We always love it whenever you go to our site and leave us a review. Uh, and so we appreciate it. Every once in a while, I do read reviews. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you comment down below. Make sure you guys thank Annie. Make sure you guys are following her on all platforms on TikTok, on Instagram. Make sure you're also following her on, um, on, are you on YouTube? Do you have a, do you have a podcast or anything? I'm okay. launching right, next so month. Make sure that channel. you guys watch out for her YouTube channel. So with all that being said, thank you guys very much. And we will see you in the next episode. Tell me dream it